0: <laughs> this is cool you guys mind if I talk over here you guys gotta kind of turn around a little bit all right sorry about that or you can just look up there they'll probably show me I just want to be able to see people's faces hi hey man this is cool this is way more exciting than what I expected I've been to a lot of youth conferences what I do and I gotta say there's something special going on here in fact um I, uh, I want to pray because I'm a little bit overwhelmed right now, I'm not even sure what I'm going to say, and uh, I've never spoken on one of these things, um, but you know what was weird was, uh, you guys, last night. Okay, and understand, this is what I do. I go around, I travel everywhere, I speak at different conferences. In fact, I'm speaking at different conference tomorrow morning, another one on Thursday, another one on Sunday. You know, so I go place to place to place. But last night, when I was thinking about this conference in particular, I couldn't sleep. In fact, I had one of the craziest nights ever for me. I mean, I'm laying on my bed and I'm, I'm trying to pray and think through what God wanted me to say today and I'm, I'm on the bed and, and man, I just started freaking out. I, I, you know, every time I would breathe, I started thinking, man, God, like I'm totally, it was such a realization of just how dependent I am on God. Like every breath I was thinking, man, you could have stopped me in the middle of that breath. Like there was just this real presence of God in my room where there was this fear where I'm thinking, God, man, sometimes I get scared. I I get scared to say everything that God wants me to say. You ever get that feeling where you're talking to someone and you're thinking, man, I don't want to say everything because it might offend them, it might bug them, or I don't know if I want to give up my whole life to God. I want to hold on to some, but, but, but it was like last night God was saying, Francis, every breath of yours is totally in my hands. Like, everything is up to me. Why would you be scared to risk your life? You wouldn't even have life unless I gave it to you right now. I mean, think about it, right now in heaven, there is a being up there and he's letting me breathe and I'm still alive right now and there's just such a real thought of that for me, like he's watching me and I really wanna please him and say everything he wants me to say, even if it's difficult to hear, even if it bothers some of you, even if afterwards you hate me for what I say, I just go, you know what, Lord, I gotta please you, that's what I live for. And so that doesn't normally happen to me. I don't normally have these restless nights. I don't want you to think I'm some freaky guy that just does that all the time. Like last night was just weird. And I just felt like God was going to do something special here. And even when I flew in, I mean, I just got here like half hour, hour ago because the plane I was on, both of the tires went flat. (laughs) It's weird, huh? It's like, you know, plane tires went flat. But uh, I just thought, man, there's a lot going on. And when I came in and I saw you guys worshiping, I just started praying for you. Because I started to get excited. I started to think, man, Some of the things you guys are talking about, and even caring for the poor. I I, I never thought about this when I was in high school. I could care less. I I, I mean, sorry to say that, but no one really talked about this stuff. And I just kept praying. I go, God, it would be so awesome if you raised up a new generation. where where, where students grew up and they didn't just go to church and try not to swear, and try not to drink, try not to sleep with anyone, and just have a nice little family, but if you could raise up believers like what we see in the Bible, people that are insanely in love with you, that would do anything for you, that don't care about safety and security, or saying, you know what, I wanna live this and experience you. And I I, I pray that God raises up a generation of believers here in America, because it's happening overseas, but here in America where people are so crazy about Jesus, they go, I'll die for you. I'd love to die for you. It's not about this life. This life's gonna be over before we know it. It's about what comes after. It's about living for you. So can I just pray for tonight right now? Would you just bow your heads with me? And let's, let's think about who we're talking to. We're talking to God in heaven right now, who's allowing us to breathe, allowing us to think, God, the last thing I want to do is just give another sermon. Father, would you have something happen tonight? I can't make anyone fall in love with you, and I want that. I want that so bad. I ask that you would move, that we'd experience your Holy Spirit tonight. God, I just pray that tonight would not be normal, that we'd really experience you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'm not done yet. Um, You know what, I'm gonna go back up there because there's like an echo and it's making me feel uh, weird. Well, because I hear my voice when I'm down there. Well, you guys, you know, don't take it personally. I still hear it, never mind. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right, I'll just ignore it eventually. Okay, so the the question we're gonna talk about today is uh, from John chapter 21, and uh, Jesus asked Peter, Jesus, this is after Jesus rises from the dead. You guys, it's a great question. He looks at Peter and he says, do you love me? And this is actually an amazing time because remember, Peter messed up. Remember Peter denied Jesus three times and then Jesus gives him that look just like Jesus told him he would. He predicted it, and then when Peter does it, he looks at Jesus, Jesus catches his eye, and Peter just wept bitterly, like, oh my gosh, I actually denied Jesus three times, just like he said, Peter, said, I, Peter swore, like, I'll never deny you, but he does it. So after Jesus rises from the dead, he knows Peter feels terrible about what he's done, and so Peter, Jesus goes to Peter, I believe this is a time of reconciliation, where he goes after Peter and says, man, I know you messed up and I know you feel bad about it, but let me ask you, do you love me? And Peter says, yeah, I love you. And Jesus says, okay, good, feed my sheep. But Then he asks him again, he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, yes. Then he asks him a third time, and he says, Peter, do you love me? And, and, and Peter finally goes, Jesus, you know everything. I mean, you should know, of course I love you. Jesus, okay, go feed my sheep. And I think it's very interesting that just like Peter denied Jesus three times, Jesus had him affirm his love for him three times. And and even there during worship, I was thinking, man, what would it feel like if Jesus walked up to you and looked you in the eyes and said, do you love me? That'd be pretty intense. Like, how would you, I think I would answer the same way Peter did. It's like, well, you would know better than me. You know, you know everything. But I want to, I want to, I want to ask you guys a question. Okay, I'm here with my wife, and we've been married for 18 years. Yes. And uh, we've got five children, and we left them all at home. So, uh. I'm a little anxious to get this over with. Um, Just kidding. Uh, But if I were to, let's say you were going to interview me, okay? I'm going to take notes on what you say. Let's say you were going to interview me, and your job was to find out whether or not I really loved my wife. I want you to think, what question would you ask me? Okay, so I'm gonna just, is there, is there anyone over here that would think of a good question? Yeah, what, do I love her? Well, okay, that's, that's the obvious one, okay. Okay, we got that one out of the way. Okay, let's come up with a new one, that's, that's good. How about a girl? Maybe girls know more about love. Okay, yeah. What emotions do I feel when I look at her? Well, come on, you guys. <laughs> All right, okay, I'll let a guy redeem the man. Okay, Gorilla Man. How often do I I get her something? Do I spoil her? (laughs) Thank you. That, that, that came from a man. I heard a, a gal over here say something. Have I been faithful? You asking me? All right, wh- what's that? How do you How do I make her smile? What are you guys laughing about out there? Okay, what, what did they say out there? How big's the ring? Are you kidding me? Okay, let me answer that question. So I did get her a ring, obviously, but uh, she was so convicted a couple years ago about uh, there's a ministry where you can actually give your wedding ring to the ministry and they provide, uh, they sell it and so that they can provide clean water for people in places that don't have clean drinking water. So that's my wife for you. Okay, serious question though. What would I do for her? They already asked die for her. Okay, let me let me let me pick hands. Okay, girl. What's that? Is it Facebook official? <laughs> it Facebook official? Um, I <laughs> All right. All right. One more. I'm gonna ask uh, you. you. You know about love, I can tell. Do I treat her like she's the only girl in the world? Wow. She does make me feel like she's the only girl in the world. Do I make her a sandwich? (laughs) All right. That's good, those are good questions. Okay, so let me, Let's get back to the question. Jesus says, do you love me? And that's a very important question, right? Because Jesus said, what's the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. So at the center of everything we do, it always has to go back to how much do I love this God? So let me ask you some questions about your relationship with God. What emotions do you feel when you think about God? How often do you get him stuff? I guess that one doesn't really work. No, but how often do you do something for him? Would you die for him? Have you been faithful to him? Is there anything you wouldn't do for him? Is it Facebook official? (laughs) Seriously, what does your Facebook look like? Is it obvious on your Facebook that you love God? Or is it obvious that you love yourself? You see, a lot of times we talk and we say, oh, I love God, and it's very easy to say these things, but I'm using your definition of love. I mean, seriously, what, what emotions do you feel? Even right now, when I say Jesus, is there any emotion that rises in you? Is there any part of you that just goes, man, every time I hear that name? Or is it a name that's become common to you? Is he someone you would die for? You see, one of the things I, I think about when I see a group this size is I just, I gotta ask you, man, are you really in love with God? I mean, is your relationship with God really your relationship with God? And, and what I mean by that is, is, is I, I know a lot of you grew up in church. And it's very easy to just kind of think, oh yeah, I go to church, yeah, I don't do this, yeah, I, I prayed a prayer, yeah, I got baptized, but I'm saying, man, do you love him? I mean, do you have a relationship with him? It's so important because at the end of your life, when you stand before God, it's just gonna be you and God. It's just you and him. It's just you and Jesus. And he says one of two things to you. Either he says, well done, good and faithful servant, come on in or he says, depart from me, I never knew you. I I knew your dad, I I knew your brother, I knew some of the people in your youth group, I knew your youth pastor, but but you, I never knew you. Like, do you really have a relationship with him? I I mean, what if you left the conference this week you go home and you find out that your parents your whole family decides we're not going to worship jesus anymore and what if your whole youth group all the friends you're with all the friends back home what if they all say we're not going to do this anymore we're not going to follow jesus anymore what would you do seriously imagine that Okay, so no one in your life is following Jesus anymore. What would you do? Think about it. Would you really be the type of person that could look your parents in the eye and say, look, mom, dad, man, it kills me that you're not following Jesus, but I love him. I'm gonna keep following him. To to be able to look at your friends and say, man, it it sticks that all of you guys left the youth group, you left the church, but it doesn't matter, you know what? Because I personally am in love with Jesus. Can you say that? Is that the type of person you are? Because the Bible says in, in Matthew 10, verse 21, It says that brother will deliver brother over to death, father his child, children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you'll be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. It's talking about the one who will endure. See, some of you, you love God right now when there's a big group of believers around but what's it gonna be like when you get back to school? Or when you're feeling kind of alone, will you still love him? You know, when, uh, early in our marriage, I remember one time uh, my wife, she asked me a question, she goes, "Um, do I do anything that bugs you? And uh, I said, yeah, it's a couple things. And, uh, and so I just told her what they were, and then I asked her, are there things that I do that bug you, and she had a list. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was interesting because, you know, just out of the blue, she just asked, is there something I do that bothers you? And so I told her a few little things, and you know what was so cool was after we had that talk, she worked so hard to try to never do those things again. And I thought, that's so cool. She asked me just because when you love someone, you you wanna know what bugs you, right? When you love someone, you go, man, what bothers you? And I'm gonna try not to do those things. And it made me think of how in, a, in Psalm 139, David, David says to God, first that whole Psalm, he goes, God, you know everything about me, but I love this phrase. At the, at the very end of the chapter, he says this. He goes, search me, God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. See, David asked God the same thing. He goes, God, look in my life right now. Is there anything that I'm doing that bothers you, that is offensive to you, you know, that grieves you? And he goes, and then help me get that out of my life. I want you to think if you were to ask God that right now, what do you believe he would say? If you were to say, God, search me right now. Look at my life. What am I doing that bothers you? What would he say? See, Jesus says there's a natural response to love. In John 14, verse 15, He says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Jesus if you love me, you'll obey what I command. Jesus has written here, look, here's the things that bother me, here are the things that offend me, and then he says, and if you love me, here's what's gonna happen. You're you're, you're gonna obey my commands, you're gonna do what I ask. It becomes natural. In fact, the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit comes into you, he makes you a slave to righteousness. You ever feel that, where where once you become a believer and his spirit comes into you, it's like you have to do the things he loves, otherwise it bugs you. You feel guilty, don't you? See, some people have told me, they said, you know, some Christians, and maybe some of you in this room, are the most miserable people on earth. And the reason is this, is because you still are holding on to certain sins. And so, whenever you sin, you don't feel totally great because the Holy Spirit is with you, right? And you feel guilty because you're a slave to righteousness, like Romans six through eight explains. But then, when you go to church and you try to worship, even here at this conference, you try to worship, you don't feel good at church either because your sin is still with you and you know you really haven't turned from it. And so it's like when you're in your sin, you feel guilty because the Holy Spirit's with you. And then when you're at church, you're trying to worship God, you feel guilty because your sin is with you. Because you've become a slave to righteousness. Try to illustrate it to you this way. I brought a couple of my favorite drinks. This is a lemonade. You guys like lemonade? I love lemonade. And then I got this Frappuccino. You guys like these? Yeah, I gotta shake it. You're right, thank you. I almost forgot. You must really love me. Um, so Frappuccino, I love lemonade, I love Frappuccino, (laughs) this is the way some of you are. I really believe that you love Jesus, but there's also sins that you love. And you enjoy you enjoy them both, but you're going back and forth and you, you know you wake up in the morning and go, "Oh Lord, I love you." I smoke pot' <laughs> you're like, I want to get in your word today. <laughs> Naked girls on the internet. I love you, brother. I hate her. And you go back and forth and back and forth and you wonder why you're miserable. Because God says, look, I'm light, there's no darkness in me. And some of you, it's like, you're going, well, I don't do that. I don't go back and forth with God and my sin. But maybe there's just one sin. And you just feel like, oh, that's perfect. Okay, so I'm like 90% God, and I just add a little bit of my sin, that one sin I hold on to. It's just sick. Seriously, some of you, man, this is you tonight. There's stuff you know that you're holding on to. That God absolutely hates and you're you're wondering, man, I'm just not totally fulfilled. Man, I'm telling you, there's nothing like having things right with God. Man, you ever have those times when you're so close to him, there's nothing in the way, it's just pure him, you've repented of everything and you start praying to him and suddenly he starts answering and he starts doing things. I don't know about you, but there's nothing like that on earth for me. When God is listening to my prayers, there are times when I'll pray something and he'll answer it immediately and I'll just be left there going, shut up. That was amazing, I just prayed to God, he just answered me and the intimacy, the relationship where it's like, oh God, we're so right. But then there's other times when I try to add something or I try to hold on to something and it's just never right and you're miserable I was speaking at a, a conference like this and. Uh, man, when I was done one time, you know, we just talked about God and showing our love for him. And when we were all done. The leaders came up to me and they said, hey, Francis, can you do something different at this conference? They go right now, could you just hold a microphone up there? and let students come up and confess their sins? And I go, we're not doing it tonight, don't worry. But uh, <laughs> I said, man, that's kind of weird, you know? Like I told the leaders, I go, I mean, because the Bible says, yeah, we need to confess our sins, and and you know, and, and God's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But it doesn't say we've got to broadcast it to everyone. And they said, well, no, we're not saying that. We're just thought, we just thought it'd be good for students to come up and, and share. So I was like, all right. So I held the microphone there and I just said, hey, does anyone feel like they've been lying to everyone and uh, they just want to confess it to everyone before God? And number one, you know, the first one's always a little nervous, right? You know, the first guy comes up, grabs the microphone, looks at everyone and he goes, um, yeah, some of you guys don't know, but Sometimes I cuss. I thought, well, that one's easy. Okay, someone else. Okay, and uh, a- another guy comes up and he admits that he's looking at pornography and he's just feeling sick about it. Thinking, all right. Then this girl comes up and she starts talking about how, she started dating some guy and You know, at first it was kind of innocent, but then went further and further. And she says, I'm sleeping with him now. And I need to go home and end it. Because it's driving me crazy. And I know God hates it. A couple other people shared. Then this kid came up. He was a senior in high school. Big old kid from Texas. They're all big. And uh, (laughs) he comes up and uh, he grabs the microphone and he starts talking and he goes you know when i was a freshman i was already a leader in the youth group and uh, he goes i would lead bible studies he goes but you guys didn't know it he goes but i was looking at pornography that year i was addicted to it the whole year even though you guys thought i was a leader he goes then my sophomore year came and i was leading bible study on campus and Meanwhile, I had a girlfriend, and we started sleeping together. But none of you guys knew that. You just thought I was a leader. And then he goes, this last year, my junior year, and then he just starts crying. He goes, man, I, I started dabbling in homosexuality. I I, I was just curious, and then, uh, he goes, then I, I just fully indulge, and none of you guys know this about me. He goes, man, and I'm leading Bible study, and he goes, man, it got so bad. He goes, I even tried to force my little brother, and he couldn't even talk. He's just crying, just a total mess. And I'm holding the microphone going, I can't believe this guy just stood in front of everyone right before his senior year and confessed all of that. And I thought, what are these high school students gonna do, and immediately like 30 of them just just got up from where they were and they, they walked up to the stage and just started hugging this guy and laying hands on him and praying over him. And they're all just crying over this guy. And then pretty soon, everyone started confessing their sins. Man, that was one of the few times where I was at a youth conference where I felt like, man, that was true revival. It wasn't just a bunch of people saying, I love Jesus. It was people showing it and saying, God, let me show you how I love you. I don't even care what anyone thinks, here's the truth. I've gotta get it out of my life. And that night, everyone was confessed. I mean, you can imagine, after a guy says something like that, you just go, okay, I killed a couple guys. You, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like once that first person's just like, oh, here's, here's the truth about me, pretty soon everyone started just saying all sorts of stuff. And you guys, but for me, I still, I still look back at that and I think, man, what was that all about? What would possess an 18-year-old guy to get in front of all of his peers and say that? I'll tell you, at that moment, he could care less what anyone else thought. He just wanted to be real before God. He just wanted to get it right. He just wanted to be honest. Hey guys, I don't know what's going on in your lives. I don't know who in this room is for real. You know which ones really love God. I mean, if Jesus came up to you today and said, do you love me? What would you say? Do your actions show it? He says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. I mean, I thought the best thing we could do tonight is just have a time of confession, where you're honest. Man, so maybe some of you, you know, it says in Revelation, I always think about this one because in in Revelation 3, I won't be able to find it. Okay, Revelation 3, he, he talks about the church in Sardis, and he says you have a reputation of being alive but you're dead He says, you have this reputation, like people think you've got this great relationship with God, but Jesus says to this whole church, he goes, you got this reputation, everyone thinks you're so alive. He goes, but I can see inside of you and you're dead. See, so like right now, God can search me, and it doesn't matter, see, I've got a reputation. Man, I'm, I'm the speaker up here. Man, I'm a Bible teacher, I'm a pastor, so I have a reputation, but at the end of the day, the reputation means nothing, because I've got to stand before God. So I don't care if you're a youth pastor, I don't care if you're a pastor, leader, you know, you came here as a counselor. I'm saying if you stood before God right now, are you for real? because you could be fooling everyone. Man, think about this, if I asked all of your friends, hey, tell me about her, tell me, what would they say about you? Okay, right now, if I came to your friends and I asked them about your relationship with God, what would they tell me? Can you picture what they would tell me? Okay, now let me ask you another question. If I could stand before God right now and say, God, tell me about his relationship with you. Tell me about her relationship with you. What would God say to me? See, and are those two different answers? I mean, would your friend say one thing and God say another? I mean, if so, it could be that you've been all about your reputation and not about who you really are. That's why Jesus said to that church, look, You've got this reputation, people think a certain thing about you, but I know the truth and you're dead. You guys, I just, I just don't want you to be caught up. Man, I know things are embarrassing in our lives. I know there, it's, it's hard to admit, like I don't even know if I have a relationship with God. Maybe you're embarrassed about some of the things, but man, we gotta learn to get real and to quit hiding stuff. I mean, think about it. What, what's gonna happen at the end? Okay, so you just keep this facade going and you lie and you pretend you got this relationship with God, then one day you stand before God and God says, I never knew you. You never loved me. Depart from me, I never knew you. So then what? So then you go to hell and you think to yourself, oh, but that's okay because everyone on earth thinks I'm in heaven. I fooled them. (laughs) That's your goal? man, you guys, let's just get real with each other. Man, I just would hate to think that some of you, even through the night, we'll just keep the facade going. Listen, God will forgive you of anything. But you got to get real before him. Would you bow your heads right now? I want you to pray, try to pray what David prayed where he says, God, see if there's any offensive way in me. then lead me in the everlasting way. ask God, what am I doing that bugs you? And I'm not asking you to make some vow tonight and say, okay, God, I will never do that again. Don't, don't even make that vow. Pray what David prayed and say, lead me in the everlasting way. God, get me away from that. I've been trying to mix that with you and it's making me miserable. Just tell God because you love him. Say, God, I love you for what you did on the cross for me. You watch your son suffer and die on that cross for me. That's insane. And God, I don't want to sin against you this way. give me power power to walk away